Hello again, and welcome to Faith, Family, and Politics. I'm your host, Joshua Cummins. We're going to have a really big show today. Hey, Louie, did you see that? My name is on the screen. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> And, uh... Thank you for telling us we're going to have a really big show today. I believe it, Louie. I believe it. And uh, so next to me, uh, uh, as much as possible anyway, I'd like to say as always, but as as much as possible, the host of Rodriguez Rants is joining us, Louie Rodriguez. Nice to be here. Where's the cheers? (laughs) Somewhere. Somewhere. (laughs) Come on, audience. Somewhere over the rainbow. Filmed. There it is. There you go. Studio audience. Thank you, guys. Thank you. <laughs> you know, they never turn the cameras around. The <laughs> they're, they're fake news. They never turn them around. They still show the crowds. Show the crowds. Um, <laughs> and uh, if you're if you're watching us on video, then you'll see that we have two ladies with us this week. So it's it's always an exciting time when we get to have uh, ladies on the show, because as uh, the, the regular viewers know that this can tend to be uh, quite the boys club on here. So we, we try to diversify that portfolio and, uh, and hear it from uh, the, the lady's side. Um, as, as it stands, there are only two sides. Um. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, so. ESA announcement. <laughs> and uh, the, the lady that just informed you that it was a PSA announcement. Uh, she, she is the softer side of faith, family and politics. Yvonne Metcalf. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> nice to be here. And our special guest this week bringing the message is Crystal Rosati. It's Rosati. Rosati. <laughs> is that cultural Hi, appropriation if we're Rosati? No. Louis, you're part Italian. Is it okay? Mama me. All right. We got the pass. We got the pass. I All right. <laughs> You heard it here first. <laughs> um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna do this. Actually, it's something our producer doesn't know right now. Um, there's a something that uh, came into my my purview here recently. We're gonna actually start uh, Revolver Broadcasting as a whole, as the Faith Family Politics uh, being our flagship show. We're we're um, looking. We've been talking about in the past our website. This thing is going to start rolling uphill now. We're going to actually, um, that, that investment's happening now. So, um, Sterling, I see you nodding your head. So this is, this is gonna, I, th- I thought this put a smile on your face and I wanted to do it here because um, that way people can get excited. Um, and, it, and it will be underneath revolverbroadcasting.com. We on the domain. Where's the applause? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> applause, yeah. <laughs> lots of applause and uh so yeah um so we'll have to get uh young mr cameron reed uh hard at work on that figure out how to get him a little bit of a um financial compensation for that hard work um even though the rest of us work without pay uh forget about it (laughs) (laughs) but we're all we're all volunteering here because we know that uh, especially with this show in particular, faith, family, and politics, we're we're reaching people with the word of the Lord, and that's what it's all about. That our, our, our entire um, mission is to reach people with the word of the Lord and the values that come value system that comes with those sixty six books of truth. So I just wanted to announce that real quick. And okay, uh, Crystal, um, now that I've got that, oh oh, one more one more thing, one more thing. Make sure that you're subscribed. <laughs> I don't know what like half the people that watch. You're not subscribed. Like you're watching, 
just hit the subscribe button. It's just one little click. And you, you can hit the bell next to it if you're on YouTube because, uh, you know, just just do it. And, and, and you'll be happy you did because we're bringing it as much as we can uh, almost every week. And hit the like button. Yeah. And make sure you're comment, like comment, subscribe, comment. That breaks the algorithm, especially on YouTube, because if we're going to reach the broadest audience, we need those comments. Uh, someone at this table does that regularly, and I appreciate it. <laughs> Everyone's raising her hand. She's the nice one, remember? I can't keep it to myself. <laughs> Sometimes I have to say something. <laughs> and she's also our official booker of the guests for, for this show. So um, she's, she's uh, hopping in with both feet. So, nice. yeah. Doing whatever I can. And uh, Sterling and I finalized uh, uh, something uh, that, that was was needed for her, and now we're we're game, set, match, I think. We're ready, set, to go on that. Sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, so now that all that's out of the way. <laughs> sorry, Crystal. We had to one pay more the bills. thing. <laughs> oh, yeah, one more thing. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, I hear that you have a message for us. I do, actually. Should we open in prayer? Mm-hmm. Um, Go ahead and let us know what the title is real quick. Okay. The title is, I Wash My Hands of It. Look at that pretty graphic. Love it. I made that today. Love it, love <laughs> it. Okay. Go ahead and lead us in prayer if you'd like. Father, thank you for bringing us together tonight and for the subscribers that are watching at home. Um, I pray that this message will reach and touch people's hearts. Um, the world is completely insane. <laughs> Um, and we know we need your guidance on a daily basis. We need the armor of God put on. We need you to be near to us to guide us. Through that, we also have a responsibility to act. So I pray that you'll challenge people and all of us actually to do more, um, to further your kingdom, whether that be through whatever avenue. It could be legislative. It could be um, just talking to neighbors, it could be whatever, but help us to please have boldness to do that and confidence and not be afraid and to actually put our words into actions. I thank you for everything you've done for us and help us to have a really good time tonight and, and a really good message for it's in Jesus name. I pray. Amen. 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 All right. Wash your hands of it. I wash my hands of it. All right. I'm going to start off by reading Matthew 27, 1 and 2. When the morning was come, all the chief priests and elders of the people took counsel against Jesus to put him to death. And when they had bound him, they led him away and delivered him to Pontius Pilate, the governor. And then we're going to skip over to chapter 13. I'm sorry, 27. Verses 13 through 26. Okay. Um, Now at the feast, the governor was wont to release to the people a prisoner whom they would. And he had then a notable prisoner named Barabbas. Therefore, when they were gathered together, Pilate said unto them, Whom will ye that I release unto you, Barabbas or Jesus, which is called Christ? For he knew for envy they had delivered him. When he was set down on the judgment seat, his wife sent unto him, saying, Have thou nothing to do with that just man? For I have suffered many things this day in a dream because of him. But the chief priests and elders 
persuaded the multitude that they should ask for Barabbas and destroy Jesus. The governor answered and said unto them, Whether of the twain will you that I release to you? They said, Barabbas. Pilate said unto them, What shall I do then with Jesus, which is called Christ? They all said to him, Let him be crucified. And the governor said, Why? What evil hath he done? But they cried out the more, saying, Let him be crucified. When Pilate saw that he could prevail nothing, but that rather a tumult was made, he took water and washed his hands before the multitude, saying, I am innocent of the blood of this just person. See ye to it. Then answered all the people and said, His blood be on us and on our children. Then released the Barabbas unto him, unto them. And when he had scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. So I have to do this message with a disclaimer right out of the gate because the message is about Pilate. But we know that God used this situation for all of our greater good when Christ was crucified. So I need to say I understand that, but I want us all to step into the to Pilate for a minute. Um, Pilate wanted to do something for the people. That was his whole motivation. He was a Roman. He wasn't a Jew, but he wanted to do something for the people. And he brought a decision to the people. Just a short time earlier than the message I just read from the Word of God, the people welcomed Jesus into town with palms and praise. But at this point, they were calling for his demise. It was like a week later. Why? What happened? They were stirred up. Mm-hmm. The chief priests and scribes, those are the religious people of the day. <laughs> I need to say that. Um, religious. Religious people. Jesus asked them if the baptism of John was from heaven or men. They reasoned among themselves and said, if we say from heaven, he'll say unto us, why did you not believe him? If we say of men, we fear the people. Um, so they were very, very political. I just say that. Mm-hmm. And he threw them off. Um, and they're not going to like that. Our politicians don't like that even now. <laughs> <laughs> they they want to they wanna look good always, right? Um, then went the Pharisees and took counsel how they might entangle him in his talk. So they're all conspiring against him behind the scenes trying to trip him up. That same day, the Sadducees came, and Christ replied to them, You do err, not knowing the scriptures nor the power of God. Now, I'm pretty sure religious people would be really offended if somebody told us that nowadays, right? Yeah. Especially religious leaders. So, you see the picture that's being painted that led up to the point of Pilate. The religious leaders didn't like the attention Jesus was getting at all, along with him throwing... <laughs> This also happened during this time. They, he threw them out of the temple for their sin by using the temple as a marketplace, and they ended up plotting against him. Then we have the story of Judas, who actually, who did he go to? The religious leaders. Mm-hmm. And they paid him to betray Christ. Um, the people then chose to listen to the religious leaders. The scribes and high priests are the ones that arrested Jesus and delivered him up to the Romans, right? Um, Pilate, again, he was a Roman governor, and his wife warned him not to do anything with Jesus. 
But what did Pilate do? He washed his hands. Um, the Bible says, when Pilate saw that he could prevail nothing, but that rather a tumult was made, he took water and washed his hands before the multitude, saying, I'm innocent of the blood, this just person, it's on you, basically. Right? So he tried to step away from it. He had the power to stop it. He chose not to. Now, we know, again, that God's plan was for this to happen, and we needed yeah. Jesus to die. So that that's not the point of what I'm trying to get to here. But Pilate, he abdicated to the people that were screaming the most. Are you seeing parallels nowadays? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Seeing that parallel? And then the people said, his blood be on us and on our children. The same people that were just praising him and putting out palm fronds when he rode into town a, like a week before are now completely turned against him. And who did that? The religious leaders who were also the politicians, I have to say, in the Jewish religion. You might even say the news media of the day. Yeah. Yep. That's absolutely true because they conspire against people all the time, don't they? Mm-hmm. Um, today we have the same situation going on. Christians are now viewed by society and the government as intolerant, individualist, nonconformist, and a barrier to the progressive movement. We face that all the time. I'm sure you guys have stories that you could tell about it yeah. too. Um, we actually, in Indiana, I want to bring this up, have legislation to protect our children being considered, but the politicians won't even give it a hearing on the floor. This is Republicans and Democrats alike. And they are, to me, the same as Pilate in this case. Which is typical. It is. They want to wash their hands of it, and those that scream the most are who they're going to cater to, or those that have the most money are who they're going to cater to, whether it's right or wrong. They know it's wrong. But they're washing their hands of it. They can't stand their ground. They cannot. In addition to that, um, we have religious leaders who are also not standing. A lot of them. We just had a rally at our state house on Monday um, to at least get these bills heard to protect kids from obscenity in the school systems. We had two pastors show up. That was it. I can't, I talk to pastors all the time about the legislature in particular because I'm involved in that, and I can't get them to engage or champion or stand up for this. And, and it's, it's disheartening. But you can't, you can't blame pastors when the people in the church don't either, right? Yeah. And they're probably also worried about, like with Pilate, he was worried about repercussions yep. of these people who were screaming the loudest Yep, because oh, sure. it was going to be um, a financial burden. It was going to be a burden of, well, war for him, um, which is uh, the attacks uh, uh, physically happen right. uh, from the left all the time nowadays in, yeah. in, in, in politics. So um, I was going to say in current, current day, though, I mean, there's elections too, but he's right with the radical left. It can actually be a physical attack. Yeah, and so you really have to be prepared for that and willing to take that as a risk if you're mm-hmm. going to make if you're going to take a stand. Yes, here's here's where it gets tricky. For me, I don't care what happens to me. For me, kids are important. 
Protecting the kids are important. Ken Ham says, did the Israelites turn their kids over to the Philistines to train? No. Why are we doing that? Good question. We, We hand our kids over to the schools that we know have obscenity in them, the schools that we know have this progressive agenda coming in. Um, you won't find it in the curriculum because they don't have to put it in the curriculum. There's a site called amaze.org. You go on there, and these videos are for elementary school kids, and they're vile. They can play a video like that that's about 10 minutes long about abortion in the classroom. They don't have to put that in their curriculum. They don't have to report it. Mm-hmm. And their justification of- can be, well, I had one kid in my class that just quite wasn't getting it. So this was a resource I pulled up to help them. And they have a list of resources. They do. That's included on their list of resources. And that goes back to the school board and the curriculum Mm -hmm. and what they're allowed to put on the list for the teachers Mm -hmm. and recommendations and that kind of thing. Now, there are good teachers out there who use that creativity in the other direction to help kids. But here's the thing. Your kid goes to school, and let's say they're in elementary school and they change classes or or they have one teacher for... That one teacher is an activist. Your kid is now hostage in their room for, if they're young, an entire day for an entire year. If If they're older kids and they change classes, it's still one hour at least every day for an entire school year. It only takes one. And, that, and you have no idea what's going on in that classroom. And that narrative, that agenda has been drilled into them like a religion. It has. It has. And when they get they catch them that young, especially the ages uh, four and five, or like that's the most uh, influential age is four mm-hmm. and five. Mm-hmm. Out, of, out of all the age ranges, that's the most malleable that, that the human brain is, ever is, is four, ages four and five. If they get them at right. four and five, you They've might as well call them. it Dunzo. I don't yeah. care if you're teaching them different at home. You're not teaching them one hour every day. I guarantee it. You might have conversations with your kids here and there, but you don't have them held hostage for an entire hour every day for a school year. So who's going to have more influence? We have to think in terms of these things. we got to get past the the obvious. Um, And again, I'm not seeing a lot of religious leaders standing up for this stuff at all, for right, for what's right. I had people say, well, I have people in my church yeah. that that don't agree with it or that I might offend or that teach in schools or whatever. So I'm left to think you prioritize that over the potential kids that could be in your church. I'm not even saying the kids that are in your church now, but if we lose entire generations, there will be no youth in church. I the churches will die. And and also, like, when, when, whenever someone says, uh, oh, I worry about offending them, I go, okay. So? Mm-hmm. So offend them. Offend them. Mm-hmm. Like, what's going to happen? Oh, they're offended. If That's it. If they're not offended by this, it will be something else. I mean, if, if anyone if who goes to... they're going to get offended, they're going to get offended. Yeah, anyone well, who goes to church should be offended, offended at some point in life, because that's that's the whole point. Point of church, yeah. Is to, is to go there and get your toes stepped on so you go, I probably need to course correct. Uh, the pastor had a good point there. Right. Yeah. Right. So in conclusion, I just want to challenge the audience and all of us, myself included. Are you someone who's fighting for what's right? Or are you like Pilate, 
letting someone else do the work and washing your hands of it? Are you active? Are you activating? Um, Christ told us, and he that overcometh and keepeth my works till the end, to him I will give power over the nations. Fight, study, and overcome. Don't depend on others to fight for you, but instead fight for yourself and for Christ. You have to become a fighter. The time to be nice is over. It's done. We're past that. The culture is so saturated with antichrist that we have to fight. There's no choice. Well, we have to say something. We mm-hmm. can't just sit there and that's and that's part of what I'm talking about. Absolutely. Talk about it too. That's part of fighting to me. But you can't just say, well, so-and-so over here is taking care of it, so I don't have to do anything. They'll take care of it for me. That's what Pilate did. He was wrong. He had the ability to do something about it, and he chose not to. So, yeah, Good men who do nothing stand for nothing. I mean, exactly. Truly had, he had no um, moral compass to run on either because, you know, coming from the, the Roman culture, at that point in time, they didn't have Catholicism yet, so... Exactly. He didn't have a the, the we talk about the the moral standards that the Bible instills. He didn't have that, so he didn't have that to run on to go. Oh, maybe I should uh, you know think about this because there's this innocent man. I should step in the way, regardless of if uh, war he, or, or he was looking for the diplomatic solution. But I was going to say I think he did actually think about it because that's why he offered right. Barabbas. But when yeah. that fell through, then he didn't have any you know, extra strength or whatever you want to call conviction. it, courage or conviction mm-hmm. to go forward with it and say, no, we're not going to do this to this innocent person, mm-hmm. period. He didn't try hard enough, so. and, and yeah. he would have tried a whole lot harder if he had that moral base to, to start from, right? right? And I think we're all born with a conscience to a degree. Maybe not with the Holy Spirit, but I feel in our souls we have a conscience, and I... It, I think we know right from wrong. We do. To a degree. The Bible even says yeah. that. Yeah. But for like a full moral understanding, that's right. definitely missing at that point. Right. Because but we have no excuse. Like we literally have no excuse. Um, and everybody has a different passion. Everybody has a different conviction. Everybody has something that they are interested in. All I'm saying is do some homework and engage. Just engage. If you find something you are passionate about, champion it. Don't just sit by. And I know we get busy with work. We get busy with events in life. We cannot lose the kids. And I think that's where the rhinos stand, too. And I think that's why there's so much frustration with the government itself, because we elect people to go up there and do something. And they're up there and just running their mouth, saying something, and not doing anything. Mm-hmm. And that is, that's the frustration you had even with this bill. You said they won't take it to the floor won't and let it. it be voted on, right? which is what our representatives are supposed to do, right. bring their ideas to the floor, let the group as representatives of the people debate it, debate it and vote on it, yes or no. Right. And they're not doing it. It's stopped by one person or a group of five people or whoever they have here in the committee that's in charge 
or even the top person, the the Republican, the top person in charge. But if you say something, you're considered a traitor. If you say something, you're considered crazy or radical or Mm -hmm. something like this, and that's not true. And then the establishment will work to get you out because that happened to two of our legislators that were ultra conservative last time. Right, and all we're saying is that they need to at least vote on it Mm -hmm. for the people that they represent. Then Mm -hmm. why did we vote for them to represent us if they can't vote on anything Mm -hmm. that matters to us? I'm going to challenge the audience, too, to look into your state law because I recently found out that in Indiana, we have um, committee chairmen over different, and I'm sure every state does, Mm -hmm. Yeah, over different committees, and they make the decision unilaterally as to what gets heard and what doesn't. I didn't know that. I thought it was like you put a bill in and you hear it. No, they unilaterally can make the decision. For the bill in the Senate to, t- to remove the obscenity exemption for schools, and what that means is, and all the states have this too, so it applies to everybody, um, <clears throat> although a couple have reversed it now. And this is our fourth year putting it forward. Um, If you're 500 feet off a school property or a public library property and you hand a kid a book that is considered obscenity, it's a level five felony. The schools are exempt from that Mm -hmm. for minors. The public libraries are exempt from that. It's against the law for everybody except except them. The public schools and the public library. Isn't that backwards? Which is is really bad. And so we're trying to fight, this is our fourth year, to get the exemption removed for minors. You want to get the books on Amazon, eBay for your kids at home? Nobody cares. We're not trying to ban books like everybody keeps saying across this nation. That's not what's happening. We're talking about minors, right? And they make these books readily available. I can name off some titles. I have a library of them at home. Um, But why is it okay for the schools to give this junk, and I'll be nice about it, to these kids, or have it even available on site for them, but you and I can't give it to them? If it's wrong, and you can't even read the books in testimony at the state house, whether it be the House or Senate. You can't even read them out loud. And this is what's for the adults all over the country. But yet they're available for the kids. They get up to the school board and they try to read from the book and they say, oh, you can't read that in this meeting. And they're like, yeah, that's right. And you're reading it to my kid in the classroom. Stop. And assigned reading. I had one high school student that was assigned the reading in class The students had to read the book out loud. There were graphic rape scenes in the book. She was horrified. She testified. Can't get it passed. Hmm. Makes no sense. So I'm just challenging people, not just about this. I don't mean to say that. But in, in our everyday life, things come up that we should be fighting as a culture, and we're weak. And that's why we're where we're at. We have to all challenge ourselves and each other and engage. And this is a right or wrong issue. It's not a political issue. It's not a Republican-Democrat issue. Exactly. It's actually a right or wrong. If you have children, it's a right or wrong issue. I mean, talk to any parent. 
And that, that's why this show exists. That's why Revolver Broadcasting as a whole exists because we're fighting that culture war. Exactly. And and we're doing it through because we know that young people are, are and, and well, whether young and old, we need to have that influence again because it's that the influence is all on the left. Like you go to the movies, you turn on the TV, um, even on the internet, the algorithms favor everything that's part of the narrative, the Operation Mockingbird. Yes. And it's not a conspiracy theory. It's proven. Even Wikipedia has to admit, admit it. Um, even though they try to cover it up mm-hmm. <laughs> still mm-hmm. after the documents have been released. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, <laughs> I think it's that's just saturated everywhere. My daughter had her kid in school and she complained about what they were teaching. And they scared her by saying, you know, you can't complain, you can't say nothing, or we'll call the cops on you because you are doing the wrong thing and we're doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. And um, my daughter had to leave it alone. Mm-hmm. I just got a report from a parent um, in southern Indiana um, that said that there was a math teacher who's a transgender who they were doing an online class and introduced the kids to his roommate, which was a mannequin named Marshall. Hmm. Um, the parent complained to the school about it. The principal did an investigation and came back and said, you're right, that was wrong. Shouldn't have happened. We're going to pull your kid out and put him in another class. What about the other kids? What, yeah, Exactly. <laughs> what about the teacher? No, no consequences. Because they're just going to do it again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, it kind of goes. It goes back to the story we actually had on last week's episode. Um, it was a, a San Francisco um, teacher who, uh, well, if you if you look at the photo, it was a she. But this person wanted to be called a they, mm-hmm. and it was a high school teacher. So I understand that that's where, you know, things can get a little shaky as to whether or not you know, the kids can, can the kids at that age start, you know, being able to learn about these, these things. But I still feel like it's way too influential, influential because this teacher was assisting, I'll put it in air quotes, uh, these young kids, uh, 18, 19, uh, 17, 18, 19 year old kids to change their pronouns without their parents permission. Two things on that. First of all, we had this conversation uh, before the show about they, and there is actually a Bible story about that with a man who had a legion of demons in him. And when you look at what is going on with the with the whole transgender thing, it is creating confusion where God didn't intend confusion, and that is a demonic thing. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it out loud. Yeah. Confusion. The author no. of confusion, and uh, so if you say they, I mean it's real. It's a little scary to just see that and go and make that connection. Because they is plural. Exactly. They is plural. Yes, it is. And how many celebrities have we have we heard about Beyonce with her Sasha Fierce alter ego? Yeah. Like all these celebrities coming out with alter egos. That's not an alter ego to me. That's no. demonic. You are being inhabited by something else that's causing you to think you're a multiple. You're a singular. So what's, you got to take it a little yeah. deeper. What is making you a multiple? Okay. And then number two on that, 
when you talked about them, you know, teaching these kids and, and um, the influence that they have, mm-hmm. the conversation that we had earlier was that the parent needs to be involved in that education. The parent and the teacher need to be on the same page, if you will, with the child, you know, so that it can go the right way. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the way that it's supposed to be. It's not supposed to be the teacher and the child against the parent or which is any, happening. Yeah. Anything in that or any other way, it should be all three of them, you know, benefiting from the parent is supposed to have the responsibility of raising the child and the teacher is supposed to teach th- them, teach them help, help. I yeah. mean, I don't understand. There's a big push now for teachers to be their friends. There's a, a long dot org that was created by teachers and kids partnering. And it's like a, an, a social media app that only teachers and their students can be on. And that's just raises red flags all over the place because the communication needs to be with the parent. Exactly. And as we said before, whether, whether the parent is right or wrong, because I've heard that argument before, well, their parents are terrible. Well, then you need to help the parents Mm -hmm. because in the end it's God's institution and that's how he designed it. And yes, there's going to be, problems still but that's the way hopefully they're the exception not the rule right exactly and going back to and that's how you solve the problem you don't solve the problem by making a new one Mm -hmm. people being singular that's and talk about that so you're beautifully and wonderfully made in the image of god yeah right lou beautifully and wonderfully made in the image of god says so in the psalms so you weren't assigned anything at birth Exactly. You're born what you're born because God made it that way. Exactly. You don't need to change it. You don't need, there's no, there's, you don't have a a female brain in a man's body or vice versa. There's none of that happening. There's none of that happening. That's all crap. Throw it out of your mind because it doesn't exist. The only time that happens is when you actually change what God made you. And And then you will have, like if you're female and you change your body to be male, you will have a female brain in a male body. Because you change something that you were not supposed to. Because you can't change the essence of yourself. And I've said that before. It's in your DNA. Yeah. Everything about you, the color of your eyes, your hair, everything about your sex, mm-hmm. your gender, you know, everything. Your yeah, those, those are one and the same, sex and gender. Like they, the, the, right. left, the left tries to not say. Not anymore. They try to say, oh, no, th- these are separate because sex is uh, male or female, biological, but then gender. That's, that's the old argument. Now they're, now they're one and the same with the left and they, and they try to convolute the two. It's like, no, no, they are one and the same and there's only one or the other. And here I'm going to go out on a limb here. And if anybody's struggling with this in the audience, I want you to hear this. I I'm tired of being told you don't accept me for who I am. When somebody's transgender, I, I counter that with no, I accept you for who you are. You don't accept yourself for who you are. Exactly. I think the enemy tries to trick us all the time. So the left's always changing definitions and you can't hardly keep up because, you know, yesterday it meant this and now today it means that. But even greater than that, he's deceitful above all else. And so he has deceived people. And this is not, I love people. I don't care what they are, right? This is not coming from that place. It's not coming from, I hate homosexuals or trans, I don't. I don't think no, that it's you need to be able to separate the concept from the people, right? But 
don't tell yourself that you want everybody to accept you for something you're not and try to force that on people. That is wrong. Accept yourself for who you are. The thing is, if you don't like things about you, guess what? All of us don't like some things about us. <laughs> Those are I called insecurities. It's okay. We all have kids. Them. <laughs> I don't know any kid who went through puberty who said, yay, I'm in puberty and didn't have like desires to be. I wish I was a boy because I don't like this at all. You know, I mean, it's insane to me, but you, you grow through it and you come to accept things over time. It's a growth. It's a maturity. And I think a lot of people are now stunted in their growth and maturity because they just jump and then the medical industry affirms. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought up the word insane um, because in the old DSM, uh, it was called gender dysphoria and it was a mental disorder. Mm-hmm. And up it, until like 2009, they still treated it that, that way. Mm-hmm. Right. And, it, and, it, and it didn't come with a straight jacket. It, was, it just came with therapy. Like, right. hey, I know Let that you understand that you, this. yeah, th- this is, this is a, this is a, um, um, this is a dysphoria. It, it, you, you're, you're make-believe and, and, and now you've got to come to terms with, um, reality. <laughs> reality that you were, you were born what you were born with. The truth. And, yeah. And that's all there is. Mm-hmm. And people don't want to face reality so much so that they've perpetuated this whole new narrative to pervert it mm-hmm. so that they can have their way. They scream the loudest mm-hmm. and want to take um, take out all the people who uh, tell them no. That's that's not how that's not how this works. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's not reality. Uh, so you know if 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 you're ever wondering, go go back to the the, the old DSM and take a look for yourself because you can you can you use use a little thing called time machine on the internet mm-hmm. and you can actually look back at old DSMs. Okay. And uh, DSM for those who don't know. So it, it it's the 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 dis- disorder is the it's a manual for the, the diagnosis codes, yes basically. diagnosis codes yes. Um. So for all all the different symptoms and or disorders that there are for for mental disorders. Mm-hmm. There you go. And so yeah, you, you need to take a look because. This has been changed now. They, they changed the definitions and they changed the DSM in order to go with this narrative and affirm the wrong things. And they're, they're advocating <laughs> all this stuff because they've been, they've been taught this. It's been for a very long time, and Crystal knows as, as well, like how this has been embedded into everything, little by little by little, into all of media, everywhere you go. Even at the fair, I believe, if you're going down to the state fair and you're getting some popcorn, there probably is some kind of propaganda around there that you just don't happen to notice on the surface, but I'm telling you it's there. You know what this all started with, right? The whole transgender stuff is Alfred Kinsey. Um, At the Kinsey Institute? At the Kinsey Institute at IU in Bloomington, Indiana. Um, He started the Kinsey Institute. He was a pedophile. He was a sadomasochist. He was, he died of internal injuries to himself from sexual things. Um, But he started the Kinsey Institute and he had a theory that children are sexual from birth. And so he sought to prove that. So how do you prove that? He hired pedophiles. 
that were released from prison to do a study and record all of their data when they violated children. There's a there's two books that he created. One was published in 1948, the other one in 1952. Sexual Behavior in the Human Male, Sexual Behavior in the Human Female. In the Sexual Behavior in the Human Male book, which then became curriculum for colleges and universities across the United States, they have a table 34 in there that he showed the data where for children from ages five months to age 13, how many times they orgasmed in a certain time period. There was a, I believe it was a four-year-old, that the time period was how many times they did in a 24-hour period. That means that kid did not sleep. That kid did not eat. It was torture. All right, so... He started the Kinsey Institute. He wrote these books. He performed this study. It became curriculum for colleges and universities. Hugh Hefner studied his book (laughs) in college and was intrigued with him. And so he reached out to him and Alfred Kinsey helped Hugh Hefner start Playboy. Hmm. That's how it got started. Later on, another guy named John Money came into the picture And there was an experiment that he did where two twin boys were born. One of them had um, an accident during his um, circumcision that destroyed his genitals. So John Money was a psychiatrist that said, let me work with them. Told the parents they needed to immediately raise this little boy as a girl. Cut him, cut his genitals off, do reconstructive surgery on him as a baby, and raise him as a girl, and he would be fine. He would have these two children come in and do sex acts on each other and do sex acts with him to test out if the boy behaved as a female or not. And it lasted their life pretty much growing up. Until they were adults and the boy found out he was born a boy, not a girl. He ended up committing suicide. Then his brother ended up committing suicide. It was a total failed experiment. But that has become the basis for our gender identity crisis that we're in now. That's what started the whole gender um, identity industry. I'm going to call it an industry because yeah. there's a lot of money in it. Well, and suicide is also a part of that it cr- crisis because uh, it, it's 47% of all people pre-transition commit suicide. And then that number doesn't get better. It actually uh, goes, it goes up a little worse. bit. It goes up a little bit. It becomes 48.2% post. Mm-hmm. So almost 50%. And you know how they're justifying all. that? They're saying, well, that's because once they transition, people like you still don't accept them. It's not true. No. If you all you have to do is go on YouTube and look at detransition, or tr- or tran or transition regret. That's a common term. You will pull video after video after video full of detransitioners that go on there and talk about how their whole story occurred. They went. They they were going through puberty, or they thought they were another gender. Here's the other thing. Did God ever say, boys are going to like blue and trucks and balls and girls are going to like pink 
and dolls. Did God ever say that? No. No. Who, who created that? Who created the stereotypes? The world did. Particularly the United States and, um, and yeah. marketing. And, and it started with uh, a man named Edward Bernays. Yeah. And, uh, and I talked now, about it with Sterling. Edward Bernays, he started the, uh, like the American, the American Breakfast. That's Edward Bernays. Um, cigarettes being marketed to women. They called them freedom torches. They made them run around with uh, and made, took photos of them, looking, make, them look, make them look like they were cool because they were smoking cigarettes. They called them freedom torches so women would smoke oh. and start spending money on the tobacco industry. This, this is all was created. This guy made the modern uh, marketing tools that we use today. Edward Bernays. It all goes back to him. So, so the world made these stereotypes. Mm -hmm. So everybody is on a gender, or not a gender. Everybody's on a spectrum when it comes to that. I was a total tomboy growing up. I didn't like pink. I've never liked pink. Um, I'm. I don't fit the mold of the stereotype, right? And if there's ever a a like um, spectrum, I would say it applies to how girly you are or how boy, how much of a boy you are, but separately, right? The world created that separation, the stereotypes, and now the world's using that to destroy humanity. Mm-hmm. To de- and who's behind all that? See how the enemy is so deceitful? Like when you stop and think about it, we're not the ones saying, you know, you shouldn't transition. It's against God's plan. We're not the ones saying we don't accept you for who you are. We do. And we recognize that th- that God didn't say you had to like dolls and pink if you're a girl. Yeah. God's not the one that said you had to like blue and trucks if you're a boy. Mankind did that. So I don't care where you fall on the spectrum. Your parts are your parts. You're made in the image of God. There's You don't have to like pink. You don't have to like dolls. You don't have to like trucks. You don't have to like balls. And we accept that. Then this gender stuff started back during in the Stone Age, around the Roman days and all that, when they used to conquer. Oh, yeah, it goes away. And they used to rape young boys and all that. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. a per- perversion, yeah. And, and, and andro- androgyny was always um, something that Idolized, existed. Idolized, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, um, especially amongst uh, the... The intellectual crowd. It was always the intellectual crowd that considered themselves smarter because they, they maybe had they had a few more books underneath their belt. And uh, I went to college, but I, you know I don't, I don't subscribe to any of that because I, I know. know the I know the truth. I read the sixty six books of the truth. So. Exactly. <laughs> and and wasn't that mostly in godless societies where they idolized androgyny? Um, they had it, a lot of the sacred feminine worship. Yeah, that, well, that? there's that, and it also happened in a lot of uh, Catholicism uh, oh, as well. Which um, is sacred feminine worship. And, it's also, and there's also, <laughs> um, I mean, and, and not to pick on you Catholics out there, but, and, you know, that's it's it's in the religious part. I'm not talking about your relationship with Christ. We're not talking about exactly. that. I'm talking about the religious part. Uh, you don't have to light a specific candle to talk to God. Right. You can do you that anywhere. To, you don't have to talk to a priest. You can do it directly. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the Bible says, "Don't call any man father." Yeah, there's only, there's only one heavenly father. Yeah, 
Yeah, so this is a huge topic. Sorry, I didn't mean to. No, I mean, yeah, yeah, we we, we rolled right back. into the, the family portion of the show, and, and right. but that's okay because I think that this needs to be discussed mm-hmm. because I think that there's a lot of people out there that are confused, that they don't know, and maybe, they, maybe they've maybe they happened upon, through, through some miracle, this show, <laughs> and they're hearing it. Mm-hmm. And I we hope so. We have to say, we love you. Reach out if you have struggles. I mean, comment, right? We can, yeah. you can contact. Share. Exactly. Because you, you may not have be confused, but someone you know might be. Right. So you share it and it goes out, you know, wherever, whatever social media you're on or anything like that, push, push this out there because people need to, to hear this conversation. And really understand we're not against people who do this. We're against the act of it. And they're two mm-hmm. different things. I can be against a philosophy of something but not hate people that do it. We're for the truth. Exactly. Yeah. I'm still going to treat you like a human being. Exactly. D- and you be are kind. A human being. And be kind. Yeah, I'm still going to be just as kind as I am with everyone else, wh- whether I disagree with you or not. Uh, I, I, I work with people uh, uh, that I disagree with. Uh, I, I go out into the, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure I'm at the, when I'm at the supermarket, there's probably, I'm probably surrounded by people I disagree with. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially when I get to get, get to wearing my Trump hat out, I get the sneers and I know, <laughs> but I still smile and I'm still kind. And I say, howdy, because I know that that's the way God wants me to, to be with the world and, and, and is, is cordial. And so, yes, maybe you're watching this and they're going, I still think they're hateful. If you greet me with a hello, I'm going to greet you with a hello back. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Hey, it, we might become friends. You never know. And we hug around here. So you you know, um, I'll never treat you like someone who's not human or or beneath me or any of that because that's not what Christ taught us to do. Right. But I'm going to disagree with you, <laughs> and, and that should be okay. And in my case, it it even goes further than that. I I have pity and empathy for people who are struggling because I think. I think that pressure has been put on you by the world. It hasn't come from God. I think it's been put on you by the world, and it's a horrible way to live, and it would be miserable. And so it's not coming from a place of hatred or anything like that. It's it's empathy because I believe all of us are on the same page where we've accepted who we are. Mm-hmm. We've accepted how God made us, even with all our faults, and it's a free way to live. And we wish for you to have, our wish would be for you to have peace. Exactly. And the way that you have peace is to, accept, is to accept the truth. Yeah. And so that's really where we're it, coming from. In we're love. Not we don't want love. you to live in the delusion. We want you to live in reality. Right. We're doing that in love. It's not, it's not right. about, uh, there's, there's no hate or intolerance to it. It's because we love you is why we want the best for you. Not even knowing you, but that's just the heart we have. <laughs> it's God's heart. I was going to say, yeah, that's where yeah. it comes from. He, we try to follow him. Mm-hmm. Um, where are we at on uh, time there, Sterling? Plenty of time. Plenty of time? Nine minutes before your political. Okay, cool. Well, then that'll, um, since we've got four Good. articles, I think we can roll right into it. Yeah? Yeah. You good with that, Lou? 
Yes, sir. I was going to say, audio listeners can't hear you. <laughs> I can um, hear his head nodding. <laughs> <laughs> rattle, rattle, rattle. <laughs> I was trying to talk to the mute people. <laughs> Sign language. <laughs> So <laughs> our first article this week comes from the post-millennial, um, or PM for short, um, Ilhan, oh, Ilhan, Ilhan, whatever, Ilhan Omar removed from Foreign Affairs Committee. Uh, let's see here. On Thursday, Minnesota Representative Ilhan Omar, who has a long history of anti-Semitic remarks, was removed from her position on the House, uh, House of Foreign Affairs Committee in uh, a 218 to uh, 211 party line vote. Shouldn't even have been that close, but <clears throat> I digress. Uh, Fox News correspondent Chad uh, Program tweeted, "Quote: The House has voted to remove Representative Ilhan Omar of Minnesota, Democrat of Minnesota, from the Foreign Affairs Committee. The vote was 218 to 211, with uh, one member voting present. Um, in November, House Minority Leader, uh, then House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy, uh, said he, he intended to remove Omar due to her history of anti-Semitic comments." This is all proven. Um, and also, um, but now, Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries acknowledged this history on Thursday and said, quote, Representative Omar certainly has made mistakes. Uh, she has used anti-Semitic tropes. Um, Omar was elected to Congress in 2018 in her long history of using anti-Semitic tropes uh, and has compared the boycotting of the Jewish state uh, of Israel to the boycotting of Nazis. Uh, a move to remove uh, a move to remove Omar began in 2021 after the Democrat-led Congress removed GOP Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene from her committee assignments. White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre said in a press conference that the removal was quote a political stunt and a quote um, a disservice to the American people. New York Congresswoman. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, or AOC for short, said on the uh, House floor, quote, this is uh, about targeting women of color, mm. uh, end quote, and, and slammed her notepad on the lectern uh, you know, for extra effects, I guess. Um, <laughs> it was. It was kind of a smart aleck slap and walk off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Temper but, tantrum. Uh-huh. Oh, she um, didn't like what they did. And, and it had... Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll open it up here in just a second, but it, oh, I just want to make this point real quick. It had nothing to do with <laughs> the color of her skin. It had the fact that everything to do with her rhetoric. The words that she used was uh, was uh, 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 things that was was against uh, a particular uh, religion and race mm-hmm. of people, mm-hmm. and that that hate in her heart. She was by definition racist. Exactly. Against Jews. Yep. And intolerant. Yeah. And and well deserving of being removed from the committee if if we're looking at it just completely objectively. You right. can't there's no other way of, you know, I'm not I'm not talking cuz even if we look if, even if we're looking at it from the faith perspective. Well, she was against faith. Okay, well, then if we're looking at it from the race perspective, so she was against the Jews as a race. Okay, well, where where do we draw the line? Mm-hmm. How far how far does the the left's privilege go? Uh, that they they're supposed to just do whatever they want, but then 
we have to cowtail every time. And every time they um, something happens to a black person, they always use the race, the race talk. It's the race card immediately. Yeah. Real, real fast. They start talking about, oh, they're against colors. And they really have overused it because it's just to that point where, oh, yeah, the race card again. Mm-hmm. I mean, even yeah. average everyday people are like, mm. right. Yeah, even even there's there are even some CNN correspondents that go, oh, this is a stretch. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like they they don't even if if the 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 least watched <laughs> <laughs> and cable news because MSNBC is actually doing better numbers than them now. Wow. Um, <laughs> it's a miracle. Right. Uh, yeah, I don't know if you've seen CNN's actually got the lowest numbers in nine years. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and. Even some of the hotels green. and airports quit playing them, so that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> their whole viewership is airports and hotels. <laughs> right. That was uh, actually when I when uh, that. My, my wife and I went on vacation <laughs> recently, and I turned on the TV in the hotel room. The very first channel it turns on mm-hmm. automatic. It goes mm-hmm. to CNN. You you can change it to a different channel when you and you turn it off, and when you turn it back on, it automatically is back on CNN. The hospitals too. I seen same thing. Too. Yeah, it's part of that. Uh, that operation whole uh, conditioning mockingbird <laughs> <laughs> so and they got you there because you're helpless they got you while you're doing a, an, an impression of a hot dog right <laughs> we, we usually just go up and ask them to change it <laughs> if we don't have a remote <laughs> Nurse, I need help with the TV. Just, Every just, two hours later, they come. But just just turn it off. There. Just turn it off and read me the Bible. That's all I need. Yep. Make sure yep. make sure it's English Standard Version. I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing with the Uh-oh. apocrypha in it. <laughs> no, uh, I did KJV. Yeah, no, KJV is good too. Um, that's just the that was my that's my preference. Um, but I know a lot of uh, a lot of folks uh, talk about uh, translation and things like that, and and from. My understanding that's like it's a really good uh, translation into into English. It also makes it a little bit easier for this old slow learner to uh, pick it up. <laughs> um, so, what do we think about Ilhan Omar being removed? I'm glad she's removed. I'm glad that Kevin McCarthy did what he said he was going to do. Mm-hmm. That's one up for him. Mm-hmm. See how I many mean, more he does. I got to go back to those that held out on confirming his speakership because so many people said that was just a clown show. It was so stupid. If you pay attention to why they did what they did, they did what was best for this country. Absolutely. Period. It wasn't a clown show. It wasn't for publicity. The things they asked for were in our best interest, like a balanced budget. I mean, let me yeah. let me say this. They said they had it worked out already behind closed doors. But what they really need to do, they need to put it, do these discussions in the open for people. Right. So that we know what they stand for. But you, you know, know, it's refreshing to know what they stand for instead of just saying, oh, whatever you want is fine. Mm-hmm. No, we want to know that you are standing for what we want you to stand for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was another thing I heard that, um, you know, people saying that a publicity stunt, but those that held out actually sent him their desires in early December. So this was yeah. not a publicity and, stunt and on they their had, part. And they had collected the votes yeah. at that time before they ever, before the red trickle came through, 
I guess we can't call it a red wave because it was a red. <laughs> exactly. Um, before that came through. The red you know, splash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like it, in the kiddie pool, right? Yeah. It was, it was a very small, very small splash. Um, but um, yeah, they, they had the votes already mm-hmm. that he needed. Mm-hmm. They had already, already collected enough votes. And they knew that once the, the new faces came in, they, they would have more than enough. They had collected everything already, already asked for the concessions. And he's like, oh, let, well, let's see where the card, it was, it was not on the holdouts. Right. This was on McCarthy. And this is why right. I go back to, this is why I talked about, it. I don't, I don't trust McCarthy any further than I could throw him. I feel like he's more of the same. He's part of the establishment and he is Nancy Pelosi. He's the emperor's new clothes. Yeah. He's the same, same person. Time will tell. Um, But because of those six people who stood up for the rest of us, because those representatives actually knew, represented, actually representative, <laughs> and they knew, go figure, they were doing it for the American people. They were they were doing it for us, right? That's what caused this push. And McCarthy, not having a, a real backbone, knew he had to fold because he wanted that power in his hands, mm-hmm. just right. like Nancy when she. One of the speakership, she knew that she was going to have to conform to the squad mm-hmm. and do whatever they wanted because they were going to go around and push people away, the votes away from her. Mm-hmm. It's the same. It's the same thing. And, and, and unfortunately, the left thinks that that's helping the American people. Mm-hmm. And they were all of those policies, especially that like the, what the Green New Deal and all that stuff, all that does is hurt people and in every aspect of their life. Oh, I, yeah. I don't like when they come out and they say that there's Jews that are bad. It's true there's some bad, and there's a lot of them good. It's like any Everybody other race. Everybody else, exactly. You got, good, you got good and bad, yep. any race. So why they keep bringing up the Jews and you know why they keep talking about them? The religion. I know that well, because she's Muslim, mm-hmm. and so she's immediately. I mean, that's part of their faith. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you if you look at their culture, if what? you're a true uh, believing, practicing Muslim, that is part of your faith. But and so it was not know. only her. Whoopi was the same way talking about. Oh yeah, view, I yeah. know. And it's not just Muslims. Yeah, there are other people also that are just anti-Jewish in general. And I heard a lot about Whoopi in the past few months. I had my run-ins with some Jews in New York. You know, there's some that I didn't like, and there's some that I did like. You know, but not all of them are bad. People are people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good, bad, and indifferent. Only one race, the human race, right? Right. But you also, you raise raise a good point there, Louie, because it's also a double standard. Mm-hmm. Because think about this. Every time the left says something anti-Semitic and against the, the Jewish people, Ah oh, no 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 that's 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 uh, because they were raised this certain way, okay. Well, when when conservatives talk, start talking about Muslims, uh, well that or but Jews, I was gonna say uh, the Rothschilds in particular, yes. just because their genetics happen to be of Jewish heritage. Uh, well, now that's being anti-Semitic just because you're going against a, a, a family that wants to perpetuate. All of these awful, awful ideas that it, um, ideology, and they're part of this system that wants to crush you and get, feed you Marxism and um, destroy all, things. Yeah, mm-hmm. destroy the family unit. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but we, we talk about that and then, then we're anti-Semitic, mm-hmm. right? It's a double standard. Always. Yes. Every always. time. There's, always. There's a, there's a privilege on the left that it, it always floors me when I see, or um, Dan Bongino talks about this all the time. That's, that's Lou and I's favorite uh, to watch together. Mm-hmm. He talks about um, the, uh, the idea of, well, Democrats change this law and then the reaction to it, because conservatives are like, wait a minute, that's crazy. Then it's Republicans pounce. It's always the story. You never hear about what was actually changed. It's all about the reaction from Republicans. Republicans pounce. I'm they did something. Of, I'm tired of the right always being on defense, though. My goodness, yeah. we have to flip the script. We need to be more on offense And than that's defense. where the whole conversation that happened publicly was a good thing, because I feel like that was offense. That's the thing that people need to hear to, that we can be excited about. Yes, that's something we believe in. That's something we like. I'm going to say, the, too. Go ahead. That's because the Democrats want to be just Democrats. They don't want Republicans. Mm-hmm. They just want yeah. everybody to be uh, dem, uh, Democrat, and they want to control the people. I'm going to oh, tell yeah. you something. We are terrible at groupthink. We are terrible at coming together on the right. Why? Because we believe in individualism. We believe in individual responsibility and individual accountability and individual sovereignty, right? The left is all about groupthink. The left is all about collectivism. That's how they're able to rally all their people together. Mm-hmm. We can't get people off the couch and out from in front of the TV to come down to the state house for two hours. And I was going to say intimidate you know? people too, though, but they, they use do. every tactic, uh, whatever tactic necessary. But you know necessary. what? There's power in numbers, and they wouldn't do that if they didn't have the numbers. And the other thing that I was going to say as in that regard, thinking back to our forefathers, where they were all very different people, if you study the right. personalities of the people who started the country. Right. And the only reason they were able to come together, again, I'm going to say, is because they brought it under God. Exactly. Yeah. The great That's unifier, right? The only one. And there's exactly. more of us, believe it or not, out there, if you're conservative and you're watching this show right now, there's more of us and there's more of them than there, there's of them. There are, but there's a they lot more are of us. better at groups. Um, there, there was an illustration I saw on, on, uh, online here recently. And, and I, and I thought back to, it, I was like, man, I, I was right in front of my face the whole time. And it was actually, it was from a Disney program. It was called bugs life. Mm-hmm. You seen that Sterling, you know, bugs yeah. life and, uh, and, um, the grasshoppers, they controlled the ants and, uh, and the one ant stood up and they said, well, it's just one ant. And he's like. No, no, no. Don't you realize if one stands up, they'll all stand up. Mm-hmm. And there's more of them than there are of us. Mm-hmm. And once they realize that, our way of life is over. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. We have to start standing. We got. I'm going back to my... Yeah, that's why this <laughs> show exists. <laughs> that's why Revolver Broadcasting is here. Let's get fired up. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get Go fired team. up. That's right. <laughs> Change the culture. Exactly. And you can do it with God. It feels like David and Goliath right now because of all the yelling and screaming and the noise. And but they know that. They know that. And they want to stop that. When they first started it, what they wanted to do, burn the church. Because mm-hmm. they know if they burn the church and get rid of religion, people can't get organized. Mm-hmm. You know, and go against them. Mm-hmm. 
You know, we were talking about uh, gender dysphoria earlier and in in this transgender movement. And, the, and so that's, this, is, this has gone so far as to get into the prison system. So our second uh, article of the, of, uh, um, the show uh, is from Town Hall. It says, a transgender inmate who committed kidnapping and murder transferred to women's prison. A biological male prisoner who began identifying as a transgender woman and had a history of violence against women was reportedly transferred to a men's prison in Kansas uh, um, uh, from a men's prison in Kansas to a women's prison this week. The inmate who was known as Thomas Lamb was convicted of kidnapping and killing uh, a young woman in 1969 and, uh, and kidnapping a second woman in 1970, according to uh, news 13. In 2007, Thomas Lamb changed his name to Michelle. In the, the years that followed, Lamb reportedly requested to be moved to a women's facility. This request, however, was denied because they knew better at the time. Right? That was a um, short time ago. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, and it doesn't take long because the slippery slope keeps, keeps going further slipping, down, right? Slipping and slipping. Yep, slipping and sliding. Uh, but records obtained by News 13 show that Lamb was moved to a women's prison this month. Um, let's see here. That's um, great. They put a maniac in a woman's prison that he hates women. So now he could go in there and start killing women or beating them up. In prison. In a prison where there's all women. It's outrageous. According to the left, a trans woman is a woman. So, you know, yeah, um, when, when they all start getting he miraculous. He also hates women. Yeah. So, um, so. Uh, once they all start getting miraculously pregnant, right? I mean, that's just, you know, it's immaculate conception. <laughs> it's over now. Um <laughs> Um, so, uh, from, from, uh, this, this is from new, uh, news 13. I hope he um, meet up with some mean womans in there and they beat the living daylights out of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is what, this is what uh, the quote was in, in from news 13, uh, on the, on the story that said in 2017, uh, uh, U S district court ru- ruled, uh, against lamb in a lawsuit, uh, asking the state to transfer, uh, this is her, him, uh, to an all female facility and allow, also, it's, again, it says her, so it's him, to pursue uh, gender reassignment surgery. An appeals court upheld the ruling in 2018, stating that although it was not the treatment Lamb might want, evidence showed uh, that he was being provided treatment for gender dysphoria. I see that there. <laughs> and the state was not Damn. showing deliberate indifference uh, to his situation. However, Kansas Department of Corrections uh, uh, records show he was transferred January 27th to Topeka Correctional Facility. While it is not known if Lamb will now be allowed to go forward with the gender reassignment surgery, 13 News asked KDOC Public Affairs Director Randall Bowman whether the, uh, the state would pay for the procedure if he did. Bowman would not comment on Lamb's case uh, specifically. Of course, right? Of course. You can't comment on the, the specific case because we know that it's narrowing down and putting the nail on the head exactly what this uh, narrative is, what what's actually happening here. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I guess, I guess so. I mean, now it's a big secret. Yeah, I mean, women uh, don't get thrown in prison because uh, you'll be in there with some fellas. Five years later, you <laughs> you'll see him there with ten kids. Mm-hmm. Who uh, knows? Yeah, or if not more, right? <laughs> and then what? Um, Records obtained by Washington Free Beacon uh, show that in California, specifically, a high number of uh, self-described transgender transgender inmates are sexual predators. 
In the records, it showed that one-third of the 287 biological men applying to live in women's prisons were registered sex offenders, and a quarter had been convicted of sex-related crimes. This week, uh, Town Hall covered uh, how a biological uh, man who identifies as transgender woman was found guilty of raping two women in the United, Sta- uh, United Kingdom shortly after Reports broke that the, the, the rapist, a biological male who identifies as, trans, as a transgender woman, would be uh, housed in a women's jail while awaiting sentencing. Following backlash from the public, the rapist was not uh, sent to a women's facility after all. Good for them. They actually stood up. Exactly. Right. right. Um, earlier this month, Missouri uh, executed Amber Laughlin, uh, the first openly transgender Inmate in the United States, McLaughlin, who used to go by Scott, was con- uh, convicted of murder in 2006. According to CNN, McLaughlin was kept in a men's prison. Wasn't there uh, a man that they put in the woman's prison and he raped some of those girls? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I heard about All that bad. too recently. Yeah. And and uh, there, um, that's the reason I brought up the, the pregnancies because... Um, they try to throw their, their hands up in the air and go, we don't know how it happened. <laughs> right. I thought this was a woman you yeah. put in there. So like, how the pregnancy thing. It's moments work. like those. You want to raise your hand and go, uh, I, I know. Hey, teach. Hey, teach. And, and I was always that kid in class. I've told Louie about this before. I was always that kid in class. And if my etymology teacher ever sees this, he'll know. Um, cause he, he locked me out of class. He didn't like me coming in cause I was always proving him wrong. <laughs> That's the history, study of history of words, by the way, if you don't know. Um, but I was always that kid in class that said, Lock said, hey, 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 don't Ina. let him in. <laughs> you're wrong. And I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to teach you teacher because you're not teaching the class right. Like I, if you, and, and if I, if I knew you were wrong, I was going to point it out. And it, cause I think it was, it was to doing right for right sake. Right, Lou? That's right. And, um, you know, that's what we should be out here doing. We should, we should be doing right for right sake. Hey, maybe this show never makes us any money, right? That's a reality. Exactly. Maybe this, maybe revolver broadcasting never, but we're doing good for good sake. That's what this is about. Mm-hmm. Changing the culture. Let's see if, if we're just a piece of that, I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. If I do this show the next 10 years of my life and I never make a penny, I'm okay with that. I'll keep putting, I'll keep putting all I can into it because I know somewhere out there, even if it's just one, Someone is accepting the Lord. Even if it's just one, someone is standing up for themselves. Mm-hmm. Someone is standing up for what's right. Mm-hmm. And they're doing right for right's sake. Mm-hmm. Can you timestamp that? <laughs> <laughs> I felt like that was, that was a good role and I didn't want to. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> okay. Good um, stuff. <laughs> any more on that Very before good. we? Uh, okay. I'm good. Okay, so moving in uh, to our, our third article of the night, and this is also going to, uh, we actually have a, a fourth article as well. It's gonna, this is, these are going to tie in together, I swear. So coming from the New York Post, uh, it's an opinion piece from Pierce Morgan. Uh, Racism didn't kill Tyree Nichols. Uh, moronic, uh, poorly trained cops did. Um, he said, I want to start this uh, column with uh, two cold, hard, indisputable truths. So already he's, he's painting a picture of this, this, what he's about to say is the truth regardless of how you feel about it, about the murder of uh, Tyree Nichols. These are incontrovertible statements of fact. So again, painting a picture that no matter, even it even says opinion, it says opinion in the piece. 
but twice he's already called it fact and truth. Um, so I, I like some things that Pierce Morgan says. I, I want to start out by saying I that. do like a lot of what he says, uh, but I also disagree with him just as much as I agree Occasionally. with him. Occasionally, right. so right. That's where I want to start with that. Uh, first, twenty-nine-year-old. Tyree was killed by a, a despicable mob of shamefully in, uh, inhumane police brutes. Second, the five cops who beat him to death were all happened to be black, um, like just like him. So the motive for their appalling conduct was uh, self-evidently uh, not racism. I feel like that part <laughs> has to be true. Right. Um, despite this, uh, many high-profile black people have raced uh, to blame white people uh, for that, uh, for what happened in a way that it was ridiculous and as, as it is disingenuous. Um, the Black Lives Matter organization issued a statement that uh, once again demanded defunding of the police and said, quote, uh, five police officers brutally beat Ty uh, Tyree to death. Although the media has spent a, a great amount of time drawing attention to the fact that the police officers are black, as if that is important, let us be clear. And this is where it's highlighted what, what BLM uh, said. All police represent the interest of capitalism and impel state-sanctioned violence. Um, and then anyone who works with uh, a system that perpetuates state-sanctioned violence is complicit in, in upholding white supremacy. So there's that tie-in uh, <laughs> of what they're trying to a do. A manufactured tie-in. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's stretch. systemic. Because it's so systemic. <laughs> and stretching it as far as they can to, to instill that uh, Marxism, right? Uh -huh. You're going to break the rubber band. <laughs> exactly. Uh, uh, CNN com commentator Van Jones said uh, the killing may, quote, still have been driven by racism, end quote. Uh, Jamel Hill from The Atlantic agreed, explaining, quote, the entire system of pol uh, policing is based on white su uh, supremacist violence, end quote. Uh, filmmaker Bree Newsom uh, uh, Bass tweeted, um, Quote, diversifying the police force doesn't end racism because racism is inherent to organization uh, and its daily operation. Racism is what policing is, end quote. And Florida Democratic Congresswoman Maxwell Frost posted, but then deleted, conveniently, um, quote, doesn't matter what uh, color those police officers are, the murder of Tyree Nichols is anti-black and the result of white supremacy, end quote. Uh uh, he, he goes, Pierce goes on to say, I, I read all these responses with a slow, uh, incredulous shake of the head. Uh, he says, what are they talking about? How can anyone possibly attribute five black men uh, killing a black man to racism and white people? It's completely insane. Um, although I, I do com agree that it is completely insane premises, it's not about... Um, what happened? It's about trying to drive this narrative that police are bad, and white people are even bad. and yeah, exactly, and white people are bad because mm -hmm. that's all I hear. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I, I everywhere everywhere I go in, in the media they say uh, because you're white you're you're inherently evil. Uh, no, <laughs> it doesn't work like that. <laughs> I'll tell you what, everyone's inherently evil, according exactly. to the Bible. 
comfortable. Yeah. So that includes everyone. We're all in the same boat on that part. So you can't just lay that at the feet of the white people. It's all people. The entire race. If you want to be serious about it for a moment. And then as far as the police department, there are good and bad. Um, Mm -hmm. But we need the police department. Yes, we do. Because all people are inherently evil. We need the police department to keep things in order. That's right. And yep. that's why Trump was the law and order president. And that's why he was so supportive of the police department. They go out and put their life on the line every day that's right. to keep people safe, some of which hate them. It's the most thankless job in the world. Doing good for good sake. Doing good for good sake. Yeah. How long these police have been working for the department? It, that they're brand new. Not, yeah. Real brand new. They're so brand new. I could yeah. understand. They so were part also of a they could scorpion. be something else. I think else. I'm bleeding into the next uh into your next I think okay. it could be something Rival. else too. They could be corrupt cops. Maybe they were dealing with drugs with him. I don't know. I'm 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 like you. Jury's out until all the facts are in. Yeah. I want to mm-hmm. see a tox report because we went through that with George Floyd. At first it was just the narrative was they killed a black man, and then we find out he was hyped up on, was it fentanyl? Fentanyl, yeah. He had, yeah. Enough, he had enough fentanyl in his system to kill a horse, actually. Yeah. So, I mean, a jury's still out. For me, I like to wait till all the facts are out before I make any judgment or decision. Um, and I, I just think this, again, it, it's, it's saturating our culture again with this. Because what you're talking about in that article apply it to the CRT that they say isn't being taught in schools, and it is. It's just called social-emotional learning, and they're renaming that now and introducing it under something else, which the left always does. Um, That is being taught to our kids, so that's a saturation to the kids again. Um, And even, like, it goes back to the ESG scores with the United Nations. It all goes back to that. Um, my work, luckily, I didn't have to take the classes because they mandated these um, bias classes for managers of people. And I'm a manager, but I don't manage people. So I got out of it. <laughs> but, but the stuff that they're telling you in these, even in these corporate programs, that is a push by the ESG system created by China under the UN. So it, they're trying to, that's why you see this being pushed so hard. It's a globalist agenda. It's an, it, an evil agenda. I think of these people like pinky in the brain all the time. Like that visual goes through my yeah. mind. I want to rule the world. Because <laughs> yeah. anytime, anytime, anytime you hear someone demonizing, <laughs> truly demonizing something, and not like we, we, like we talked about with the transgender community, we said, mm-hmm. we, we, we'll still love you just like anyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, anytime you see someone fully demonizing something, you should probably look into it. You should yeah. probably really think about what's the, when, when they're fully demonizing police officers in particular here. Why are they doing it? Yeah. Why are they doing it? And they talk about the, the defund the police. This goes back to the defund police. Now, um, the reasonable left will tell you that the slogan, although bad, uh, it is about police reform, mm-hmm. which is what they should have said to begin with. If they want police reform, cause I can get on board with that police reform. Now 
It should have been their slogan. Police reform now, because it, then you're talking about additional training. That, you know, maybe there's some sensitive topics. Maybe people are a little more scared than others. And I've seen that. I've watched, I've, uh, there's a, a, a live cop show out there um, that I, I regularly watch with my folks. And uh, um, you can tell that some of these police officers have actually had that additional training, that they're a little more sensitive to those who are a little bit more skittish or, you know, they're, they look like they're going to run for no reason at all. They haven't actually done anything. And then come to find out they actually didn't do anything. Right. They just say, hey, you know, until it's we know everything, until we have all the details, mm-hmm. I'm just going to detain you. You're not going, you're not arrested. There's nothing actually happening to you here. I just need to know all the details before I let you go. Because you could be involved in something. And it's not just about that individual. It could be about what could affect them at when they leave. Because, you know, they may have you there and detained and then they find the real criminal and what if you walked off and then you ran into the real criminal before the cops did and you end up in trouble? Right. You end up getting hurt, right. maimed or killed. So that brings a good point up because it seems also like we were just talking. We, we're going to wait till all the facts come out to make a judgment call. The left jumps on stuff. They seize the moment. It's carpe diem, carpe diem or however you say it, for yep. them. Like the minute something happens, they're on it with their narrative. And then... Weeks later, you find out it was totally a, a faulty yeah, narrative. Yeah, and there were attraction way, way down, yeah. you know, and then you never actually see it. Seeking headlines. It's like this big. Yeah. It's yeah. like Josh said, there's good cops and there's bad cops. Mm-hmm. I have dealt with good cops, and I have dealt with bad cops. Mm-hmm. And not all cops are bad. Right. But you not know. all are good either. No, yeah. not all are good. It's like they say in New York. Half the police station is crooked, and half the police station is good. Mm-hmm. So you never know. Mm-hmm. And um, go to so to carry that over into um, our fourth article, and, and this is going to be pretty quickly because uh, I, I know that we're running short on time here. Um, but coming from Blaze Media, um, pizza restaurant worker learns unforgettable lesson after telling police officers to leave the restaurant. Where do you think he might have? I wouldn't have that kind of nerve. (laughs) Uh, A San Francisco pizza joint fired one of its employees this week after telling police officers dining at the restaurant that they were not welcome to eat there. On Sunday, several police officers entered the uh, Pizza Squared restaurant in in downtown San Francisco. I'm going to say that again. Downtown San Francisco. Uh, Ding, ding, ding. (laughs) Very pertinent to that. Uh, But according to the San Francisco Police Officers Association, or the SFP, P-O-A for short. (laughs) One of the restaurant's employees told the officers uh, they had to leave because, quote, they were not welcome in the restaurant, end quote. Um, That kind of narrative, that kind of rhetoric had to come from somewhere. Um, I wonder if, if, and I need you to ask yourself this question, did that rhetoric come from a story like with Tyree? Oh, you're not welcome because I think that all cops are bad because you need to be defunded and abolished. That's what they want to do. They want that's that's the real that's that's Anarchy. the that's where the unreasonable leftists. There are reasonable leftists out there, believe it or not. They actually have a brain. They're free thinkers. I know some. Mm-hmm. Um, believe that or not. Um, Again, but the, but no the, hate. Yeah, but the ones that are on the far left, they want to abolish the police completely because they want this. They want this narrative being fed um, that all police are bad, and then, then you have. 
employees who now have to be fired because they follow that narrative. They just go along with the, this this very stupid flow of believing that all police officers are bad, of uh, putting everybody into one camp. It's almost it's it's almost equivalent to racism, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, but not only that. Uh, he has this he has this rhetoric against against police officers. Talking about the abolishing police, talking about um, that you know, the the reason the reasonable would um, get that police reform cause uh, uh, the the police force to actually go out and do the right thing, the right way for those more more skittish. But um, if you want to abolish a police, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I this is my guns. Yeah. Louis following me already. Here's a deal I'll take all day. I'll take it all day. You want to get rid of the police? Okay. I get a militia. Yeah. No, you 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 said you wanted to get rid of police. Your vote is on that ballot. We we want that to be public. Your vote was on the ballot to get rid of the police. You don't get a gun. Mhm. I get a gun because I voted I wanted to keep them. So now I get a militia. Mhm. So when you come rob my house, guess what? Ha- guess what happens to you? Mm-hmm. Instant judgment. We <laughs> <laughs> um, might might make you a uh, room temperature. Just 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 potential. And guess who? Guess who? Uh, guess who's going to come help you in that? Who can you call? Then the, now that you're hurt, well, maybe the ambulance or the coroner is going to end up being called. Um, but not the police. Not the police. They're not there anymore. You wanted to abolish them. So a deal I'll take all day. Sure, let's get rid of police. But the militia is coming back. Mm-hmm. That and otherwise, it's like the Wild West. It's kind of like you know the instant uh, judgment there. If you've watched yep. those kind of shows, which might help culture because you know somebody sitting on death row for thirty years. I, what's the point of that? Yeah, it's almost like the Wild West now. It is, and we have the police. Imagine without the police. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You're right. You're right. Exactly. Why I would take the only take it that deal, if I can have my militia. Mm-hmm. I like that, Josh. <laughs> I'll take. I'll take it all day. Your militia. <laughs> You're gonna have to explain it a little bit better for me. <laughs> a militia. No, so, I mean just oh. your militia. I mean, <laughs> I mean <laughs> militia. I understand what that yeah. is. It's sort of like out there. We still have militia. You yeah, like, we still have like militias. That. Yes, but I'm not. talking about like um, an organized, a, a truly organized militia, where if you're in, in my neighborhood, instead of a police officer, yeah, yeah. we're we're all gonna I'll we're all be gonna the run worst around. Crime watch you'll ever meet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Crime watch with teeth. <laughs> you think you think old Zimmerman was bad? Exactly. I'm telling you. Like, and there's no police to to say otherwise. Hey, if you're breaking the law, buddy, you're done. Even then, like my husband says, I'd rather be judged by twelve than carried by six. Yeah. I like that. I embrace that. I don't offend. But if you're coming at me, I'm gonna defend. Yep. Then if they're coming after you. They're not just going to come in there and just rob you and say, mm-hmm. okay, we took your money. And yeah. They're going to come and hurt you, rape you, or mm-hmm. do anything, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, or, or, or even worse, try not to leave any witnesses at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, 
I oh, believe that yeah, we have to bring this to a close um, because we are. <laughs> that was fun. Yeah, <laughs> we were overtime actually, so we're in that OT. And um, so, uh, if you wouldn't uh, mind, Crystal, uh, lead us in uh, prayer. Okay, Father, thank you again for this opportunity to get together and just have kind of a coffee chat about things that are going on in culture and and our thoughts on it, um, and your thoughts on it, and what you tell us in your word about it. Um, please help us to be armed with this information going forward. If we know people that would benefit from it, to share it, help us to be um, bold and direct in what you say, but also in kind and loving spirits um, and to speak the truth. Um, and think those, I pray for all those out in the audience that might be struggling with things. Lord, please give them comfort um, and a way to reach out so that we can help them or somebody can help them um, in their way. I pray that you'll just keep us all safe and thank you again for everything you've done. It's in Jesus name. Amen. 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 And that, uh, that prayer came from uh, the woman who brought the message this week. Our good friend, Crystal Rosati. Rosati. <laughs> Forget about it. Crystal Rosati. Exactly. Forget about it. <laughs> and, and next to her, uh, we always love it when she joins us, the softer side of faith, family, and politics, Yvonne Metcalf. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Yep. Yeah, where's uh, the pleasure. applause? Now, wait. Hold on. Wait. <laughs> All right. There we uh, go. <laughs> I thought for sure that Sterling was going to do crickets, so. <laughs> that would be for me, probably. He's a, probably, probably <laughs> there they go. For, for, uh, first man to truly love his mother-in-law. So. <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> and across from Yvonne, the host of Rodriguez Rants, Louis Rodriguez. Hello. Thank you for joining us, sir. It's always Thank a pleasure. Thank you for having me. And. I, I've been your host and reminding you to stay in trouble. The name's Joshua Cummins, so don't forget it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you next time. <laughs>